1: back to the Satman Dave football podcast. This is episode 27. Cracking. Let's get this party started. So on today's episode, we're going to talk the news. There's a lot of news to get through today with a lot of things happening on the 21st of March. Then we're going to move on to a bit of Nagelsmann's Hoffenheim and then finish off with a bit of a La Liga chat review of the season so far. So stay tuned for all of that glorious action. So let's start with the news first up. There was some breaking news uh, this afternoon as West Ham United um, declared their interest in signing Wayne Rooney if he leaves Manchester United in the summer. That was reported by Sky Sports and you know those guys normally get it right. So it's an interesting one for West Ham who have struggled to find a striker to score consistent goals for them, you know their top scorer... Uh, over the last few seasons has been Andy Carroll with with 20 goals in the last three seasons. But unfortunately, he's been you know taken down by injury each one of these seasons. You know not, He hasn't even reached the 10-goal mark. Uh, so it's an interesting one. There's been players that are brought in that haven't really worked out. And their top scorer last season, um, from the start of last season, sorry, is Michael Antonio with 17 goals, who's been playing uh, right wing, he's been playing a little bit up front and been playing right back. So it's an interesting one for West Ham United. Definitely a problem they need to address um, Wayne Rooney could be that man, could fit in quite ni- nicely to West Ham United and and Bilic if he wants to leave, but he has obviously declared his interest in moving back to Everton. Um, so it could be an interesting one for Wayne Rooney in the summer, where to go. And of course Manchester United need to replace the England international, which is so exciting for United fans. And with Antoine Griezmann scoring a goal and getting another assist at the weekend, both coming from set pieces in fact, which is quite interesting, replicating the great David Beckham. Um at Manchester United for Athletic Madrid obviously, so it could be an interesting summer for United fans. Moving on to other Manchester United news, Bastian Schweinsteiger has joined Chicago Fire. Um, you know, leaving the club after after two seasons, two seasons where we didn't really see the best of Bastian Schweinsteiger. We saw an older Schweinsteiger, we saw a Schweinsteiger that is coming towards the end of his career and a move to the MLS is probably a good thing um for the German international. The tempo will be a lot slower in terms of the injuries and the season and so forth will be a bit easier. On his body and so forth. In terms of the re- the reception that he's got at Manchester United, it's a bit of an odd one. It's a very positive reception. Obviously, he's a football legend, but for Manchester United, when you've got players like Marouane Fellaini getting booed and Bastian Schweinsteiger held as a hero, um, it, it confuses me. When you know what Marouane Fellaini's done for Man United, you know we forget that he scored some really vital goals in the run to win the FA Cup last season. The goal in the quarterfinal, the winner against Everton. Uh, the winner, sorry, against West Ham. The first goal against Everton in the semi-final, of course, a knockdown for the first goal in the final. So there was some big impact from Maron Fellaini. So please, du du du, Maron Fellaini, not uh, football Deutsche Meister Bastian. It's a great song. I think that's the problem. The Schweinsteiger song is just better than the Fellaini song, and unfortunately, poor old Fellaini. You know, it's not good enough. But anyway, in other news, Fernand and um, Francesco Totti has been offered a sex- six-year deal. Um, To stay on as Roma as a director, which is great news for a Roma legend. Um, You know, a guy that had offers from Real Madrid in his peak and could have moved there, but stayed to become this hero figure at Roma. And hopefully, uh, you know, he can do a good job at being a director. Uh, moving on to other news, um, Spanish papers are reporting today that uh, Lacazette has made a verbal agreement to join Atletico Madrid if their transfer ban um, is ended this summer, which could be a really interesting proposition. Having the likes of uh, Lacazette, uh, Gamero, Gu- and of course Antoine Griezmann, if he doesn't move to Manchester United, would be a pretty dangerous front three uh, in world football and could get Atletico back to the Champions League final once again. Uh, the build is reporting. Arsenal and Juventus are after Goretzka, the uh, Schalke central midfielder. I'm a big fan of Gretzka. Whenever I've seen him when he's been fit and not injured, he's got a slightly dodgy injury record, so it wouldn't be too great for Arsenal, you know, considering the past, their injury records and so forth. But he's a very technically very gifted player, great eye for a pass, works very hard, physical, he's got everything that you, you know, you'd need to be a top-class central midfielder. In other news, Asmir Begovic started his own rival podcast, the Satman Day Football Podcast. But is this based on sport, not just football? It's an interesting move, you know, I, I thought this podcast has been successful so far. Begovic, a new contender into the ring, so hopefully, you know, I can deal with his Uh, you know inputs us from the start but anyway I'm not backed by a production team it's just me the Statman Dave of course Lawrence McKenna in the background deep line playmaker we've also got to give him a shout out because he is a fantastic fella and been great help so far adding the jingos to the Statman Dave football podcast and doing some cracking editing all round still going with the news guys this news has been lasting a bit too long for today for me Uh, Mourinho just having a bit of fun with the, the German league um talking about Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund uh, do you know when Bayern start winning the the title each year in the summer when they when they buy Borussia Dortmund's best players a stab at the Bundesliga from Jose Mourinho you know he's probably got more important things to worry about right now probably having a little bit of of a break over this international break and to finish things off uh, Joey Barton on N'Golo Kanté something I can actually agree with um his quotes for pundits—he's the best midfielder in the world. That's not true. He's very good, but I played him, I played against him three weeks ago. He's a great destroyer. who can play in a great team, but he's not a creator. It's impossible to be so uh, definitive for a player who hasn't played in the Champions League. Yet. I can, I can't agree more with Joe Barton. And Guglielcante is a brilliant destroyer, a brilliant recycler of the ball. I think that's something that Joe Barton probably missed on as well. He's really good at recycling it, getting the possession going again, but he's not a creator. And unfortunately, that doesn't, you know, that that rules him out as being the best midfielder in the world. Because for me. A best midfielder in the world has to be complete. He has to be able to do everything. Someone like Thiago, someone like uh, you know Tony Cruz, let's say, someone like maybe even uh, Casemiro is becoming that. You know, after his performance against uh, whoever they played at the weekend, Athletic Bilbao. There we go. It's come. It's come, lads. It's come and ladies, obviously. But anyway, the final bit of news is Julian Nagelsmann has won the German Coach of the Year at just 29 years old after leaving leading Hoffenheim. From the relegation zone to the Champions League places. So on to our talking point. Of course, it's got to be at Nagelsmann, the youngest coach ever to be named German Coach of the Year. An incredible achievement from the 29-year-old. Nagelsmann took over in Hoffenheim when they were deep in relegation. They were 17th in the Bundesliga table, only had 14 points on the board, and picked up two wins. They were five points off the relegation playoff position. Uh, in the Bundesliga, obviously the the bottom two clubs get relegated, and the the team that's in sixteenth goes on to a playoff against the team from the Bundesliga two to see who goes up and who goes down. So you know teams like uh, Hamburg in, in recent years have really battled back in in those games in the playoff games to survive uh, season after season. But yeah, it was a Hoffenheim was a really difficult challenge for Nagelsmann to take over. But in fact, he absolutely excelled since taking over that season. Um, Hoffenheim went up. 10 positions in the league. That is an incredible achievement. And they finished the the season um, around mid-table. But his record was decent. They won seven games in the Bundesliga, drawing twice and losing five games. But picking up 23 points was pretty incredible. If you take that time since he took over as manager the 10th of February in 2016 to right now, only Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund have won more points than Hoffenheim. In terms of the the rankings, obviously Bayern at number one, 97 points they've taken, Dortmund on 79 points and then Hoffenheim on 68 the next team below that is by Leverkusen on 59. So that is the achievement that he's already got so far. In terms of his career, Nagelsmann played at youth level for 1860, Munich, and Augsburg before a position in the injuries ended his career at under 19 level. He then went to university doing a business course before moving to sports science. He then moved on to coaching, returning to Augsburg, his former club. To work briefly under Thomas Tuchel, obviously the Bayern Munich, uh, the Bayern Munich, the Borussia Dortmund manager now, probably one of the Bayern Munich uh, bosses in the future. He was assistant coach in the 2012-13 season um, before taking the club's under 19s. During his time as the under 19s. Um, Coach, they were very, very successful, won the Bundesliga at that level, um, and were just all round destruction machines. Players like uh, Amiri, who play in the the Hoffenheim side now, um, were in that team. But anyway, um, Hub Stevens uh, was manager of the season that. Nagelsmann took over um, and resigned due to bad health um, on the the 10th of February. Nagelsmann did take over. He was in fact supposed to take over in the summer uh, with Hoop Stevens taking Hoffenheim through until the end of that season and then he was supposed to step in. At 28 years old, he was the youngest ever Bundesliga manager. And then obviously from that... Uh, Hoffenheim went from strength to strength. You know, a combination of great positional play, great tactics, counter pressing, classic German traits that we see uh, in world football right now. How Hoffenheim set up? Uh, they set up in a three-five-two. That when they have the ball, looks a little bit like a three-six-one with the two central midfielders really getting into the advanced areas, looking to get into number ten and opening up those passing lanes out of their back three. In terms of Hoffenheim, they're a very vertical team. They do look for those flat passes into the attacking area, into the opposition. Space in between their midfield and their uh, defence, and they love to jump into that space. Players like Cramrich, uh, Amiri, uh, Dembele all like to operate in that zone, getting into that space, looking to play those forward passes to their teammates either the wing backs have got ahead of them or uh, you know Wagner, their striker. But in terms of their setup, uh, Oliver Bauman does play in goal. He's a keeper that's sort of really progressed his game under Nagelsmann in terms of his ball playing, he's regarded as one of the best in Germany, a really good shot stopper as well and pretty much, for me, would really fit Pep Guardiola's Manchester City because he is that complete keeper, can sweep off the line, um, you know, can play with the ball at his feet, can play those passes to teammates. So it's a really good base from the back with Oliver Baumann. Their back three consists of Nicholas Schuller, uh, Vogt and Hubner, uh, make up a pretty decent decent three in terms of their ball playing very good. It all comes from Nicholas Schuler, who in fact broke up to records last week, completed 140 passes with a 97% completion rate. Shows his quality on the ball. Into central midfield, Ruddy plays defensive midfield behind a midfield four. It's sort of a 3-5-2, but obviously the defensive midfielder sat in there. He plays a vital role in the team. In terms of right wing back, we've got Kadabrak who usually plays an interesting role, very positionally aware, knows when to come inside to open up the space if one of the forwards has pulled wide or the outside centre-back, usually Nicholas Shuler, um, is pulling wide. He'll move into that inside space to keep that balance on the axis, the vertical axis, to open up those passes into central midfield. On the other side, it's either... Uh, Toljan or Zuba Zuba is more of a you know attacking option um, Has played a little bit more than Toljan um, For Hofheim this season That's at left wing back And two central midfield Demirbay and Amory uh, Both very technically gifted central midfielders Who play very interesting roles in this side Up front usually going with uh, Kramaric X Leicester City uh, and Wagner, who is just pretty much, a, you know, your old school German striker, very good at scoring goals, puts a shift in, will work the channels very, very hard. In terms of the key components, of course, is Nicolas Schuler at the back, moving to Bayern Munich in the summer because he has that quality on the ball, but also defensively, has been very good this season. We already spoke about his ability to play those four passes, but it really links the Hoffenheim back and midfield when they do break into their sort of three six three one six shape when they've got the ball he's the guy that's usually finding those penetrative passes usually you know hit along the ground laser guided passes you'd say very good you know breaking teams lines and getting hoffenheim into that final third and it's one of their parts of their play you know they can keep it short they can shoot a. can hey i'm ryan reynolds at mid mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless
0: does they charge you a lot
1: pop it into central midfield for Ruddy but then the pass move that they usually do if um, you know Ruddy is picked up by the opposition because he is such a vital cog to this side it'll come back to Schuler, and then Schuler will bang a pass either to Kramerich who's dropped deeper one of the wing backs or uh, one of the central midfielders that has moved into a decent space in terms of Ruddy's win one of the best central midfielders in the Bundesliga this season and also is moving to Bayern Munich and again he is play- he's a deep line playmaker who roams about, looks to open up these passing lines, um, and sits in front of this back three in a defensive sense, you know, to protect their transition. A great sort of an Italian way to set up um, when you have the ball is a three with a one in front. Very structurally, very sound, and that's exactly what Nagelsmann's got this Hoffenheim team playing. But the most interesting component of this uh, team is their central midfield. In fact, they don't sort of play as traditional central midfielders. They, in a way, play as uh, what Guardiola was would envisage as free eights, where when Hoffenheim have the ball, they do move into the sort of number 10 area, they drift vertically, they drift horizontally, just to open up these angles, open up these passing lanes and get the ball in between the lines. Both very adapt, nearby and Araby are very adapt at carrying the ball through the space, carrying the ball, drawing tackles in, or carrying the ball, going around players, um, and then working the ball to teammates, and it's a quality of both the players. Are almost It's almost like playing a number six and two number tens in these free eights that do get. Uh, Demir Bay is the shining light. He's uh, you know, created the most chance at Hoffenheim this season, uh, completed the most dribbles, and of course, registered the most assists, but he scored some vital goals. You think of the goal that uh, Hoffenheim scored against uh, Bayern Munich. It was a quality goal. Uh, maybe pushed wide, ball over the top to him, and then a lovely cut back to Demir Bay, who fantastic finish into the roof of the net that got them uh, a cracking jaw away at Bayern Munich but it was this 3-5-2 shape in defence as well they do um, a lot of the time they drop to a back five uh, to give them that extra defensive ability but it's all about the movement it's all about the the verticality it's all about the positional play you know not having two players sorry three players on the same vertical axis you know if a striker's pulled wide the wing back will come in the centre back will usually be pulled into a wide position or on the other way if um you know, the wing backs out wide, the striker will come inside, um, potentially the central midfielder will be in a central zone as well. It's great um, movement between lines, between systems, it's really difficult to play against. In terms of their counter-press, it's one of the best in Germany. So good at winning the ball back high up the pitch or forcing their opponents into mistakes. The number of goals that they've scored this season has been from high presses, um either, you know, man to man or, you know, setting up a pressing trap. They love doing, you know, pressing trap allowing either one of the fullbacks to play into that number 6 area the opposition and then they'll bang the press on, Demir Bay will be very aggressive the centre-back will cover, the sorry the striker will cover the centre-back uh, the wing-back will usually cover the winger and it's usually bang, nick the ball back and then they'll break and that's, you know, they've played some real good football doing that this season, but as a side they're so impressive and if you haven't checked them out this year go and check out Hoffenheim's 3-5-2 under Nagelsmann, some top players there uh, you know, Wagner their top scorer this season Kevin Volan was very, very good uh, before his move to uh, by Leverkusen but they are just a very attractive team to Playing a very interesting modern way of playing football, counter-pressing but with loads of options when they have the ball and that is about that on Hoffenheim and, and Nagelsmann but you know they will progress and I fully expect them to get Champions League football this season in the Bundesliga but anyway moving on to our last little topic of discussion for today and that is the review of La Liga. So, La Liga this season has been dominated by Real Madrid with Zinedine Zidane's men top of the pile on 65 points, two games ahead of Luis Enrique's Barcelona with a game in hand. Zidane's taken this Real Madrid team and sort of moved them on. Uh, they've become a very good counter attacking team. A lot of their play comes down their fullbacks. But arguably their best part of their team is their central midfield. Zidane set them up in a 4-3-3 in, in most, most games this season. But you know when they are chasing a the game, they do switch that up and invert their three-man midfield from a defensive midfielder and two central midfielders to two central midfielders and an attacking midfielder. We saw that um, going very well against Villarreal when Zidane brought Isco on in the place of Casemiro. And Isco was so pivotal in linking that midfield and attack to get Real Madrid back into the game. But in terms of that midfield, it is the best in the world for me. Casemiro, Tony Cruz, and Luka Modric. Rich Casemiro, we pretty much spent 20 minutes yesterday talking about his brilliance against Athletic Bilbao. But he is probably the best destroyer in world football. With Casemiro, with uh, sorry, Cruz and Modric ahead of him, you have got the two perfect players. Cruz controlling the play. Uh, but more crucially this season he's become a real asset from set pieces in terms of Real Madrid they've scored the most goals from set pieces in La Liga this season and Toni Kroos has been vital to that grabbing seven assists from set pieces um, and you could argue some other assists or other goals should be accredited to his balls that have been flicked on on the near post and then turned in at the back post we saw you know, the Casemiro goal at the weekend that was that move so obviously the assist would go to the play at the front post this time it was Cristiano Ronaldo against uh, Bilbao but it will be Kroos's ball that's whipped into the Box, but also, you know, his wonderful range of passing, his ability to score goals as well you know the classic cruise goals him him arriving at the edge of the area four cutbacks and a simple side foot into the bottom corner makes it so easy and the German German technician has one of the best ranges of passes technique in world football right now and is a massive asset for Real Madrid in terms of Luka Modric the guy linking the midfield and attack linking the balls to Gareth Bale to Cristiano Ronaldo to Karim Benzema um, and then anyone else you know James Rodriguez if he's playing Um Luka Modric does his busy work you know Pressurizing players, but also has great technique on the ball, ability to swivel out of out of the press and so forth. That, if for me, is the best midfield in world football. In terms of their attacking play, they attack a lot through their fullbacks, and that is obviously reflected by the stat- statistic that Marcelo has re- registered seven assists in La Liga this season. That's more than any other fullback in Europe's top five leagues, and Carval as well, weighing in with two himself. You know, a lot of the play does come with Real Madrid narrow front three moving together with a, whoever it is, Bale. Ronaldo, Benzema and then the the wing backs will bomb bomb on. But also Gareth Bale at the start of the season was doing really well in grabbing assists from those wide areas and Real Madrid as a as a team have um got the most goals from wide areas from open play in the uh, in La Liga this season with 13 of their goals coming from assists from the left and right wing. They've also scored the most goals on the counter. Something that Zidane's kind of uh, brought to Real Madrid is Real Madrid's ability to break on teams uh, through their fullbacks or through their wide players. You know, you've seen Cristiano Ronaldo countless times score goals um, from breaks, you know him being in the right area, at the right time, and side-footing the ball home. But it's a it's a feature of their play, attacking down the with their with their wing backs, the wide players, but also breaking with pace. Zidane is happy to sit off teams and break. We saw that against Bill Bell, uh at the weekend, but we've seen that a load of the times before. We go back to the Champions League final again. The similar thing, they they got the goal. They sat off. Um, Atletico Madrid, and they broke, and that is uh, you know is characteristic of this Real Madrid team. Interestingly, though, the two leagues we've touched on, the Premier League and Liga, both of the managers that are sitting on the top, they do play a little bit of a counter-attacking style, which is you know reflecting on how European football is moving at the moment. In terms of the massive components, we've got to talk about Sergio Ramos. You know what a player he is in terms of a defender, absolutely fantastic. Countless uh, times he's at the top of the the charts for for stats um, in a defensive sense, clearances, interceptions. Tackles, one blocks every single game. Ramos is usually number one. But what's so important with what he's done this season is he scored vital goals. He's scored seven goals in La Liga this season. That is, in fact, more league goals than Mesut Ozil, Paul Pogba, or Kevin De Bruyne have managed in the Premier League. Considering they all play for attacking teams, that is incredible. But his goals have been massive. His first goal, probably not too massive, you know, in the 5-2 victory over Osasuna. Uh, it was a first time in first half injury time goal. But then the next the next few goals have been absolutely vital. His uh, equalizer against Villarreal got a Real Madrid a point um, an injury time equaliser against Barcelona an injury time winner against Deportivo scoring both goals against Malaga giving them the win there and of course the winner against Real Betis in recent weeks Sergio Ramos's goals this season for Real Madrid have earned um, them an extra nine points in La Liga that is absolutely mental for a centre back that is crazy numbers I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is Goals when I last worked out had got United an extra nine points. Getting that input from a centre back, that's incredible. And got of course, it's the Cruz to uh, Ramos uh, play. I think that's the joint most combination of assist to goal scorer in the league of this season. And again, it's, it's just one of those things that. They kind of have an understanding now. Cruz whips the ball in, simple goal for uh, Ramos. But that's their side, of course. They've got the the flair players of Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's been bagging the goals. Uh, Murata, Benzema. Again, I've always I mentioned before how I'm, I feel Murata suits this side a little bit more than Benzema. But Zidane is sticking with Benzema. Fair play to that. He scored a a good goal at the weekend. Um, and played some pretty nice passes to Ronaldo and Gareth Bale. So yeah is improving and he's, he's getting back back into a little bit of form. Maybe he picked up an injury actually against Bilbao so he could be out. But anyway, Real Madrid, top of the league. I fully expect them to win the title. They are favourites for me. In terms of the top four, I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to be Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid and Sevilla but I think the positioning of that will be uh, Real top, Barca second, Atletico third and Sevilla fourth. Uh, Sevilla in a little bit of a bad form. Two wins and uh, a defeat in the last three games. They lost to Atletico at the weekend with Antoine Griezmann being the main architect. Uh, setting up the first to Diego deal. Goal with a brilliant whipped in ball and scoring the second with a fantastic free kick. The third goal, obviously, coming from Koke and whacking Carrera, grabbing consolation for Sevilla. But I think it's um, could be back to the drawing board for uh, São Paulo in the summer if he does stay at Sevilla and doesn't move to Barcelona. To get a little bit, you know, they've looked a little bit out of steam in the last few weeks, maybe adjusting the approach. In terms of MVP for La Liga, it's got to be Sergio Ramos. The start I mentioned before, Real Madrid getting an extra nine points with Ramos's goals is absolutely incredible. And, and the, the, his all-round play has been fantastic this season. So, yeah, Ramos definitely MVP. In terms of the hot prospect, it's got to be Samuel Mtiti. He's played, played 17 games this season in La Liga for Barcelona and they've won 17 times. Um, And what he did in that... PSG game that wasn't in the league it was incredible, but that's been reflective of his play this season. A great ball player, great at bringing the ball out the back. Um, those laser guided passes into central midfield are just absolutely fantastic, but more importantly, linking with Neymar. This sort of moves us on to our breakup player. I'm going to give it to Neymar. Barcelona's man. Obviously, it's, it's it's a bit of a shock, you know. It, it's not his first season that he's been performing massively, but it's his breakout season in becoming Barcelona's playmaker. He's created more chances than any other Barcelona player, and he's registered more assists than any other Barcelona player. No player in the league has registered more than Neymar, he's on ten assists at the moment, so it's pretty incredible. Neymar has has gone from being a fancy flair player to a player that now is becoming the focal point of this Barcelona attack. Again, moving on from Lionel Messi being the focal point in recent years to being Neymar. Um, and, you know, we saw again his impact in big games this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. In terms of relegation, I don't think it's going to change. Um, Osasuna looks so far adrift. Uh, Granada lost some big games recently against us, against Sporting Hihon who are also in the relegation zone that expect to go down and uh, Laganas so they are definitely going to go down as well I can't see anything changing there the gap is a little bit too big and these teams are bang out of form so they're going to go down for me so that is title winners being Real Madrid and relegation being Sporting Hihon Granada and Osasuna and anyway, that's been in that for the Statman Dave Football Podcast today. That is episode twenty-seven, done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed a little bit on Nagelsmann's, uh, Hoffenheim, the La Liga roundup, and of course the news that we had to get through. So much news, so many things happening. Anyway, tweet me at Statman Dave with uh, some maybe some just well done, Dave. You did a good job today, and that is that, guys. See you later. Till tomorrow, over and out.